Welcome to Talking Giants, Browns 26, Giants 6, coming off of a Sunday night football loss. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We're presented by John Boy Media. Uh, a, a tough loss. I, I think I'm... I know it sounds crazy, and we were, I was pretty down on Friday after the past week. You know, we were riding the high first place. I do think there's some positives, um, all things considered, in this game. I, I, we're going to get to it. We're going to talk about... Um, what everyone's talking about, which you know is the you know Joe Judge decisions on fourth down to either go for it, don't go for it. We're gonna get into all of it. Um, I, I actually think there's a, a, really a lot to to un- uncover in this. But Justin, how are you doing? Yeah, Bobby Skinner. We didn't expect a lot of great things today, and we didn't get a lot of great things. Yes, there are some positives to come out of this, but how you can dissect certain positives to come out of this game also do depend on how the Giants view this season and how the Giants view how certain people have like how certain people have done their jobs this season. And I think the big cloud over this game is obviously Jason Garrett, where even though the offense only scored six points, there are certain things about the offense in which you enjoyed to see. Um, Baker Mayfield was just really, really scary accurate. Um, and that hurt not having cornerback one hurts, not having your quarterback hurts. Uh, this team was really defeated. This team was really, really defeated, um, and they played tough, um, and also you can put some of this on coaching for why they weren't um, in the game more as the game went on, and you and you can be on either side of the equation on where they should have been closer, or were they a little bit farther away in terms of kicking field goals being a little bit more conservative, so we'll talk about it, we'll break it down. I mean, let's dive right into it. What I mean, everybody's talking about the fourth down decisions, I mean, it was... It was highly debated by um, a lot of people. I know you have a lot on this, Justin, and I'll, I'll play off uh-huh. of you. Here's how I'll give my quick rundown. I was fine with going from fourth and five, even though I actually kind of think I kind of maybe lean field goal on that. But I would been if they went for it, I would have been completely fine. I would have been fine with the you know I wouldn't have played the results. The issue is that fake punt. I just I have some takes on that. Why I didn't like that call, and I don't think it's just playing the results. The other one, the fake, f- fake field goal. Yeah, sorry, the, the fake, fake field, field goal. The run to Gallman. You got to get those yards. We'll talk about that. And then fourth and four in the, in the third quarter. Cleveland's 44, six minutes, seven seconds left. Down by 10 points. I kind of wanted them to go for it there, especially if they, since they sent a precedent. And then the field goal at the end with two minutes left, kind of inconsequential, but I, worth talking about. Justin, I know yeah. you have a lot on this. Why don't you, uh, why don't you roll? Yeah, I have a little bit of a rant, and I'm not mad, I'm not pissed at this game or or anything like that, but we're seeing a little bit of with the trend with Joe Judge, and I think this game, it kind of got to him the fact that he's been kind of conservative at certain points of the season, so then tonight, trying to be super ultra-aggressive, which I like, by the way, but we'll talk about why I don't like exactly what the the execution of being super ultra-aggressive, but I I think it got to him tonight a little bit. So, point blank, I think Joe Judge got embarrassed on national television tonight. I think he got absolutely embarrassed to be so ultra-aggressive in the first half and then to cave in the second half by kicking field goals, punting the ball. That's not showing toughness, in my opinion. When all Judge has preached throughout his time in New York is toughness. And I get it. That's coach talk. Uh, you know, you, you take coach talk with a grain of salt. But if you want to be about toughness and if you want to showcase that to your players... The ultimate dichotomy that was the first half and the second half, when you're down in the game, by the way, 
you know, in the first half, it, it was a winnable football game, which you were being super ultra aggressive, which I like. But then when you had to be aggressive, you were conservative. That is not preaching toughness. That is being that is being a coward. So that's the first kind of macro point. But ultimately, what you have to criticize from this game is not the decision to go for on fourth down, but the execution on those fourth down calls. This is supposedly a team that is centered around the fundamentals, right, Bobby, and executing in the moments that you have to. They did not do that on offense and special teams tonight when they easily could have, at least early in the game, they could have easily made this a winnable game in the first half. Would they have won it in the second half with how well the Browns were moving the ball? Maybe, maybe not. But you allowed your puncher to throw the ball. And once again, on a third slash fourth down situation, you are running out of the shotgun into a stacked box. And that was that call with Wayne Gallman, the second fourth down uh, failed conversion in the first in the first half. Bobby, you're imposing your will in the run game that drive. And I understand... On the Gallman fourth down attempt, he was just short, but they were moving the ball on the ground that drive. Put the fullback in there, put a tight end in motion to that side so you have a lead blocker and you're running back and have some sort of momentum. I understand he was just short, but that's such that is not the first time that they have done that this year on offense. And it was clear from the start of the game that the Browns were moving the ball at will. Maybe they weren't scoring at will, but they were moving the ball. Getting nine points would have made zero difference and actually winning this game, but executing in the red zone and on fourth down would have made a difference in this game because that would have been possibly two additional touchdowns just in the first half with the score being 17-13. to 13. So again, criticize the execution, not the decision to be aggressive. Joe Judge said it himself during the postgame press conference. Field goals were not going to win this game. He just, you know, we're recording after the game, but we were able to get that quote from those on the beat. Field goals were not going to win this game. So Judge, Joe Judge admits it himself. So instead of questioning analytics, instead of questioning aggressiveness, question and criticize how the Giants executed those fourth down plays because those are the decisions that might have costed you the game, not to kick the field goals. Analytics does not just say because you go for it on fourth down, you will win the game. You need to execute. And one more point, being down 13 to nine, the third quarter does no good for you when your offense cannot move the ball. They can't store. They can't score touchdowns consistently. And the Browns offense and Baker Mayfield are really moving the ball out of their minds, especially through the air. Field goals do nothing for you unless you can consistently rely on your offense to respond on the next drive. And can, and can we expect our offense to go and consistently get across the 50-yard line and get in the red zone and keep up with the Browns offense in a shootout? No. That is why you need to be aggressive. But when you were, you blew it. Yeah, so let's let's go through each one individually. Um Let's. I mean, let's let's go in chronological order. The fake punt, man. Fourth and five is hard to pick up. Like it's 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 that's a hard play to pick up, especially like you said. Like you know, there's not a lot of faith to be put in this offense in the red zone. So fourth and five. So if they go for it, I'm not mad there. But if you're gonna go for it, that fake punt, and this is where I'm like, hey, if you're gonna run a trick play, it's got to be a trick play where pre-snap, you're really confident it's gonna be there, and I'm pretty sure. From going at that play and what they what they did, I'm pretty sure the the shift and the motion was to get them to cover everybody out on the edge, and then leave Nick Gates completely uncovered because they you wouldn't think that in a center, the guy snapping the ball is an eligible player because he lined up eligible at the in the first field goal formation. That's what they I'm pretty sure what that was was what that was, and they totally covered it. Um, I know people like Graham, Graham Gano. The the whole thing was Graham Gano was open. Yeah, I I don't think the plan was to have Riley Dixon go through his progressions and hit Graham Gano on a slant because he would have thrown it. 
he would have thrown it. The what he they was like I said they were planning on them on Nick Gates being totally uncovered. They didn't. That's why, like um, the Evan Ingram you know fake punt versus uh or fake field goal against the Cowboys. Like I'm cool with that because Evan Ingram was literally wide open. You know if they covered Evan Ingram, they're not yeah. gonna you know trust Riley Dixon to hit him on you know on the back shoulder like that. There's certain plays or trickery of plays where it's like, or if your first option is not there, you can get to. It. I just don't think they were. You know, planning on hitting Graham Gano on a, on 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 a slant route, you know, and hitting him in a window. It wasn't like he if he was left completely wide open, I'd be like, "Come on, Riley Dixon," but it, it was Graham Gano coming past a linebacker. Um, if you feel confident enough to have your puncher throw a football, and you like for for those of you throw back to the summer where I put an emphasis on the T in football. If you feel confident enough to allow your puncher to throw a football on a fourth down in the red zone, you should also feel confident enough for your offensive coordinator and play caller to draw up a play that will get you a first down or put seven points on the board. Which, uh, uh, by the way, on that first drive, Bobby, I, I know this is maybe a point that we'll we'll get to, but we're gonna go. We're trying to go in chronological order. That first drive, by the way, for those people that were tweeting during the game. And we're commenting during the game, oh, this offense is kind of moving the ball a little bit better about Daniel Jones. Colt McCoy kind of cost us a touchdown by not putting enough mustard on that ball to Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram ultimately dropped it. It was in his hands. It, it might even go down as a drop for Evan Ingram. But that was a lame duck, slow-ass throw that I know for a fact Daniel Jones would have had the balls to put that ball in a tight, you know, the tight window kind of, he was, he was, wasn't even a tight window, he was open. He would have put the velocity on that ball to get that ball to Evan Ingram and it would have been a touchdown. Yeah, I, I I want to talk about that, and I, I really don't have much on like Jones in the play today, so you know. That, but let's I, I do want to go through these. All right, so then the the next one I agree with you hundred percent. Get under center, run that ball, or throw the ball there because they did give you a front to throw against. Right. Like the you know there could have been an easy quick pass, um, and they were expecting the run where it wasn't like on some plays where the linebackers drop out. The linebackers weren't dropping out that play. You could have had a slant or something. But yeah, but Bobby, even even in this offense where. The short intermediate passing game is not working in this offense. It, it, it kind of low key was today. working today. today. <laughs> it was kind of working today. You want to know why? Because Colt, because fifteen at because fifteen out of thirty one of Colt McCoy's passing attempts went for ten or more air yards. We'll talk about that. But in you know, and I think a lot of people might take me as a guy. Oh, Justin just likes to throw the ball. Justin just likes to throw the ball. In a drive where you are running the ball, and they were running the ball very very effectively. This was a game where I really wanted the Giants to really try and dedicate themselves to running the ball. And that drive they were. So why quit the mentality of being a tough football team in the game situation that was most important on a fourth down that you have to be a tough football team? It makes no sense. And this is not the first time that they've done it. Because how many times have they done it with Deion Lewis? The only thing that was different about this game is that Wayne Goldman was the running back and not Deion Lewis. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I don't think we need to... Spend time on that one. And then the next one, fourth and four, you know, you get the ball back. Um, you go to the Cleveland 44, six minutes what left. What quarter is this? Third quarter, down by 10. Third quarter. 13 to three. I feel like you got to go for it there. I, like, it's it's one of those – and it's less about like, oh, just go for it on fourth down. It's what happens by punting it. You gain, you know, 30 yards. You go from – like they're still on their own end. And like – you know, like Joe Judge said, it's, you know, Joe Judge said himself, field goals aren't going to win this game. When yeah. you get to get, like, in this game, you had to take advantage of every opportunity. Being at their 44, I think, was an opportunity. I, I would have went for it there, especially with the standard he set in the beginning of the game, right? 
Yeah, because you can't you can't back down from it. Yeah. You know, if if you're the thing is, is a lot of people were arguing you have to be conservative because you don't have your running back, you don't have your quarterback, you don't have your play caller. No, like in my opinion, and tell me if you agree with this, Bobby, because I had this conversation with a few different people, including some people that I really do respect. Um, you know, who are you know who do some content and stuff like that. But I think this is the that approach of oh, because we don't have our quarterback, because we don't have this, because we don't have that. That is the reason to be aggressive and to be ultra aggressive to try and win the game, especially when you're and down, and not just be conservative. Especially when you're yeah, down. If you're if you're down, yes. If if it's like Seattle, if 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 it's Seattle and we're up, you know, seventeen to eight or whatever, with that situation, then I'm like, okay, I, I can understand punting it. But this game, I, I agree with you. Um, and then the field goal at the end to go down fourteen um, with two minutes left. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, that that's that's more of. Like, hey, we want to get as much. We want to be able to have as much time to operate to get a hail mary at the end. Like you said, it doesn't matter. So that was, that was kind of it. I mean, do you have anything else? Do you have like since we're on this topic? Is you have, is there any other like Joe Judge takeaways you have from this game? It's it's just a bad look. It's just a bad look. And this is a rookie head coach. You know, I, I think we kind of crowned him as the as the as the savior. Now, this is not me saying that. Oh, I don't like Joe Judge. I don't like what he's doing. I like what he's doing. You know, but I think we kind of did crown him a little early as this as the savior Joe Judge. Here he comes. But really, when Patrick Graham isn't perfect and when the defense isn't perfect, what do you got, Joe Judge? What are you gonna do in in situations in which you can separate them, separate yourself? Which is very little, by the way. You know, it, it comes down to player execution. It comes down to player execution. But in the in the, in the one or two plays a game that you can really execute that yourself or excuse me uh separate yourself came up flat came up short yeah i w- i'm honestly a little more positive on judge after this game big picture wise like yes we talked about the in- but and 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 let's get to it i am now where i wasn't really into this game where i was very scared about joe judge and his offensive mindset i am now on the fa- on the side that this was Jason Garrett's offense, and it pre- and it pretty clear was because Justin, this offense looked different. It did in the passing game. It wasn't perfect, you know. Like you know, they, they only scored six points, but they were down at like the 15, 20 yard line three times on the first three drives of the game. Three times on the first three drives of the game, and it was off the back of big plays. You know, g- good on Nick Gates for the um the uh, the snap. Yes, which yes, which you know, our our friend the football grunt made a good point. It's like you know why that worked. Because Andrew, it was Andrew Thomas, not Cam Fleming. Not Cam Fleming trying to get five yards. Which, by the way, when Jones is back, we need to throw more back shoulder plays. That's how you beat like this tight press man coverage that we get. We need like Cover one. we've done two this year, two back shoulder throws, and they've both gotten twenty, you know, twenty yards, and they're both on free plays. Let's do it a little more on not free plays. Eli made money. Changes off the way of teams play those free plays. Changes, yeah. changes the way teams play if they know you can hit that back shoulder. Right now, there's no fear of the back shoulder. But, you know, that can be more of a Wednesday uh, podcast talk. The underneath stuff, like, they were attacking downfield in the intermediate game. Like you said, Colt McCoy in this game. Um, on the, the passes of, of five, uh, 10 to 20 yards. 5 for 12, 93 yards. That's a really good yards per attempt. And then the 20 plus, 1 for 3, 35 yards. So 128 of those, you know, of, the, uh, of his total of 221 yards um, came on those. And... 
it was there was some good yards on the shorter stuff that we haven't seen this year. Want to know why? Because they were covering us deep, and there was stuff like the Levine Toilolo 13-yard pass. It wasn't Levine Toilolo yep. winning. It was them covering deep, check down open. Elijah Penny. Like, those guys aren't making plays underneath. Those guys are catching balls wide open underneath. It really... I know we lost and it sucks and we're, you know, we could have been first place in the division, but long term, it gave me some hope for this offense. And like we've said, like, hey, have, have Slayton and Shep and Tate been world beaters? No, but I don't think they're, in, I think they're good enough wide receivers to make some plays and to have an offense that scores some points. Um, All right, but you're, you're saying it gives you faith in this offense. What, what, what do you, what do you mean by that? What I mean by is that it's not totally. It's 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 Jason Garrett. I, I think it was okay. it was a confirmation that this offense's main issues are Jason Garrett. I get the, the the point total isn't big because of those fourth down decisions, but I I think this shows that it's Jason Garrett and and like you mentioned, Daniel Jones probably, you know there that 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 um sideline slow to Shep that was like I think it was on a third down at like the five yard line. Jones yeah. probably makes that the throw to Ingram. Jones probably made like it gave me some encouragement about. This like, it it gave me some re, you know reassurance that Garrett isn't the guy, which sucks. I guess that does suck, but it it makes me feel like okay, what we've been saying isn't crazy. And if they move on from Garrett, and it gives you it gives me more faith that you know what this isn't Joe Judge's offense because I'm starting to get worried that this is Joe Judge. This is Joe Judge. I mean, and look at Col- Colt McCoy. Like you said, he had some lame duck throws, not great throws, but this game compared to the Seattle game, he looked competent in this game. He looked incompetent in the Seattle game. Who had a much? He has literally the worst pass defense in the NFL. He looked incompetent in that game. This game, he looked competent. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't perfect, but it looked competent. And and they were spreading the ball around. You know, Slayton had catches. Shep had catches. Ingram had catches. So, and there were some drops in there too. So, I don't think I'm not saying that Freddie Kitchens is the answer, but I think this is proof that attacking downfield is what's best. For this offense, and I, I, you know, we believe that strongly. Before Justin, it, it's kind of everything we said, and I think that's hope. I don't know what we do going into year three. I don't know who we bring in, but I think this has to be proof to the staff, this ownership, whoever's the general manager, that you cannot play offense the way that we did the previous no. fourteen weeks. No, kind of, kind of to break down Colt McCoy's next gen stats day. His time to throw was 2.6. I love that, actually. I love that. It's not too quick. It's not holding on to the ball for three seconds. I love that. It's kind of right right in between. His average intended air yards, 10 yards. That's that's what we've been <laughs> that's, wanting, that's, man. And like you said, it's it's balance. It's it's Bobby. It's just balance. It's, it's not being too. It's not being too bananas of just oh we're throwing it deep every play, but also you have those plays like the Sterling Shepard that where a sticks play was successful. There was a third down sticks play to Sterling Shepard that was successful. Sterling Shepard was able to give an extra effort of kind of moving forward after a defender was tackling him. I believe this was in the second half. Um, good things. His average intended average intended air yards was was 10 yards. Um, his aggressiveness percentage in terms of his that's tight window percentage, how often was Colt McCoy throwing into a tight window? 16.1%. Perfectly Guys average. Were open. Perfect perfectly it's a, that's a perfectly average, perfectly good number. His average yards to the sticks. So on each given passing attempt that Colt McCoy had, on average, how far was the ball going past the sticks on a given passing attempt? That's positive 1.3. Justin, I'm, 
here, like we said, the the passes that were um you know ten plus ten or more yards down the field, and then the passes that weren't. Justin, six for fifteen on the passes that were ten or more yards down the field, one hundred twenty five yards, eight point five yards per attempt. That's something we've said. Like we should sacrifice some completion percentage for more yards. That's what Correct. they did on the passes that were ten, you know, the nine or less, and we said. Attacking downfield does not mean just chucking it downfield because we—that's not what happened this game. We didn't chuck it downfield. There was some downfield, but we didn't just chuck it downfield. It opens up the underneath. You want to know what the those other the stats were on those other ones, Justin? Let me hear. It. Thirteen for sixteen, ninety-seven yards. That's six. And that was was that between was that behind the line of scrimmage and between zero to ten air yards? Yes. It opens up for the 16. underneath game. That's six yards per attempt. It's hope that when Jones is, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to make any. They're not going to fire Jason Garrett. They're just not going to, um, especially off the COVID. It, it would be a really bad look, and I, I kind of get that. But they cannot go into 2021 with the same mindset they went into 2020. I don't care who's a QB. They cannot do that. Um, we didn't see, like, the only time we saw, like, the stick play, like I said, was against a, bl- uh, 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 a nickel blitz, and it was like, okay, they're blitzing, turn around. That's when you do that type of stuff. Yeah. Cole McCoy looked competent. And like you said, he wasn't throwing the ball great, but he looked competent. Listen, I, I don't even, like I said, I don't think this is even like they need to make Freddie Kitchens the OC. But you got to have, you need to get someone who attacks downfield. You just do. I mean, if that's, this is Colt McCoy out there. I don't, like you said, and I know this get, really, it's, it, people have a hard time talking about football without just like, is it the quarterback or not the quarterback? Here's the thing Jones has not proven himself. But like we've been saying, we're not playing to his strengths at all, or these wide receiver strengths, or, or or anybody's strengths on this team. So, play like this. If you bring if if you bring him back, you play with this aggressive mindset. If he doesn't perform, he's not the guy. If he does, he is. It's simple as that. Can we recapture the magic that was from his rookie year with the big plays, the touchdowns, and cut down the turnovers? That's the question. That was the question, and I now have hope. That it wasn't Joe Judge doing this because I was very worried that this was Joe Judge doing this. I don't think it is anymore. I don't think this is. I was very scared that that almost to the point where I was like, maybe Joe Judge is like taking this away from Garrett and forcing him to do this. But it's it's. I don't. That's that's where I'm more positive on Joe Judge. That you know what, what we've been doing isn't what Joe Judge wanted, and I, I do think this is. Garrett has to be. Garrett has to go. If if they bring him back, it would be insane to me. Yeah. Not to totally just stretch this because I know the Giants uh, Giants have five wins this year and the Jets just picked up their first win this year. But if they bring back Garrett, we're talking about ruining a quarterback like the Jets have done to Sam Darnold. Which I feel so bad. We really are. I'm so, I'm so glad Darnold got them out of Trevor Lawrence because what they, they – you know, I think what, what's been happening to Daniel Jones is brutal. What's happened to Sam Darnold has been on another level. They have – screwed him i am so happy i really hope the jets don't get the first pick and it's not like a jets giants hate thing it's just the fact that they really they really screwed that kid um anyways what you want to hear something crazy i want to hear something freaking crazy man sam Darnold actually had a a good day today his cpoe was like plus five which is it no but he had a he had a good day but his intended air yards like his how far he was throwing the ball down the field per attempt was four, 4.7 yards. Jeez. <laughs> I will say, nobody, Adam Gase deserves no sympathy, 
But it did feel like he gets reamed in the post-game pressers, like ripped yeah. to shreds. It felt good to see him, like just on a human level, be like, <sighs> like you could just see the relief <laughs> on his face. Like, like I get he's not a, he's not a, he's a horrible uh, football coach, but there was times in those pressers where I just felt bad for the guy. Cause, yeah, because even though like he sucks, but it's like they don't have like the they don't really have you know the the personnel either. But he's a bad he's he's not a nice person. No, he's so a weirdo. He's definitely th- a there is a very bad relationship between him and the New York media, and it it's the Jets Jets media have has just had a crazy year anyway with the whole Manish. But anyway, I, I just really kind of like coming to earth, coming down to coming down to earth, coming to reality moment. I really do think that if you keep Jason Garrett next year, you very much could ruin Daniel Jones. Oh, Not, I don't want to say his career. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is; it will it will screw them. It definitely ruins his rookie contract because the win the window of that you have with rookie contracts, and now the the silly thing in the National Football League is is you have to extend the quarterback uh, it, his third or his fourth year into his rookie deal where you don't even want him to be playing on like that the, it's it's like frowned upon to have a quarterback that's playing on like their fifth year option yeah that doesn't worry me as much as other people where like I've, I've seen people say like we can't pay him it's like yeah we we're not like <laughs> we got plenty of time before we have that conversation yeah you know but but the 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 time conversation starts if you keep jason garrett around for another yeah year. And I, I, I am very confident that nobody, no QB would succeed in what Garrett's done unless they're just flat out like running all over the place, breaking, like breaking the, like breaking, like, you know, backyard football. Like, so maybe like a guy Which, like. Which, if you think about it, if you think about it, Tony Romo kind of did that. He did. It, well, and, and, or, or that, or that, a veteran who was just taking control of the line of scrimmage. So, yes, that, that too. But like young QB. Unless you're like playing like Lamar Jackson, like running all, you know, obviously Lamar would be less successful than he is. It's anyways. I, I don't want to spend much time. I hope he gets healthy. Um, offensive line, Justin. It sucks they gave up the sack on that last play. It does suck because Andrew Thomas. I was watching him. Was not just beating Garrett. He was winning that matchup consistently. It sucks they gave up a sack on that last play. And I get Garrett had COVID, but you know they had other players out there. He was awesome. The whole O-line was really good. Like, the whole O-line was good. Colt McCoy cannot, you know, he he's not mobile. The whole O-line was good. Even running the ball, they looked good. You know, opening up holes for Alfred Morris. Um, Gallman didn't have the greatest game, but, like, he had his moments. As a whole, for a game where they came off eight sacks, very encouraging that they bounced back from that. I guess the team with better pass rushers. Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon are better pass rushers than Hassan Reddick and Marcus Golder. And that, and that's and that's not a shot at those two, but it is. It, they just were. Um, and Andrew Thomas looked really confident against a guy that it's probably not the easiest in the world to be confident uh, against, COVID or not. Do you think Thomas benefited from McCoy getting rid of the ball, like kind of just some snap decision throws? Because some some, and I'm asking this as a genuine question because I'm not smart enough to know this. Because there were some reps that he had in the first half that it was uh, if Colt McCoy held onto the ball for maybe a millisecond longer it could be a sack could be a pass deflection pressure etc he benefited from the other offensive lineman playing well and giving Garrett letting McCoy step up whereas okay. last week which is good last week it was I mean Zeitler played horrible last week where it's like okay yeah is this the perfect rep by Thomas no but if the QB could step up even one yard it's not a sack um 
So like I said, I was I wasn't re- I like I really wasn't worried about Thomas. And we said on the pod I wasn't worried about Thomas after the Arizona game. The, that game to me was not worrisome. Uh, wasn't good, but it just wasn't worrisome after the five games we saw. So good on good on Thomas. I'm excited to look at the other guys because they seem like they play well. Um, so I I mean that's kind of it on offense. Like you said, man, you said this is gonna be a short episode. We just spent 30 minutes on the O. What do we got for the defense? Because I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have many notes on the defense. Well, I got a lot of notes, um, but they're not the longest ones. First of all, they did miss James Bradbury. They did. Um, yes. Julian Love, who I actually would like to see Love play a little more corner. He hasn't played corner since 2018, but they attacked Love, and there were some plays where, you know, Baker had all the time in the world, but it's like you know, if if Bradbury's in there, he's either not throwing it there. Or Bradbury's breaking it up to where where Love is in close contact. Bradbury's breaking it up, you know, and, and that's not like I said, that's not a knock on Love. Bradbury's been playing like a top three corner in the NFL this year, so they definitely missed him. But I thought this game was more evident of this team really needs a pass rusher. They just need cause, oh, because yeah. Baker had all the time in the world, and so, like, and it doesn't matter how much you know good of coverage you have, you give a guy that type of time, and he's they're gonna make plays, and we just don't have that and. I know there's this debate, and I'm going kind of rabbit hole. There's this debate of like, oh, well, pass rushers are less important because of 2.5 seconds. But guess what? A lot of plays aren't designed to go 2.5 seconds. They're designed to go longer. And a lot of times you're on third down where you can't take the check down. That's when the Giants sorely miss a pass rusher. That's when they need someone to get there in three seconds. And they just don't have that guy. It's tough. And I agree with you 100% because for this game, in particular, they needed to prioritize having their interior at three interior defensive linemen out on the field at one time. You know whether it's a collection of B.J. Hill, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, Austin Johnson. You know there's basically there's five guys there, and they needed to ha- they needed to prioritize having having three of them out on the field on a given time because the Browns are such an aggressive running team, and you needed those guys to plug yeah. up the holes, which they did a great job. They did a great job of. Uh, of stopping the run, but why you have to have three interior defensive linemen out on the field is because this year the Giants don't have, or not this year, but right now the Giants don't have the depth at edge rusher. They don't have no longer a, a Kyler Fackrell, uh, Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, they're also where you feel up too. Yeah. <laughs> so no, th- no, that's what I'm saying. That you don't because right. they don't have the depth this year or not anymore. They don't have it anymore because the first four guys that were on the depth chart to start the year. They're not on the active roster right now, yeah. so that stinks. But they do need that one guy where it's like, okay, we can have you out on the field against the run and feel confident in the air, and we can also have you out on the field where you're getting to the quarterback. Um, so there, there's a reason why also, there's a reason why also Baker Mayfield was leading the National Football League in time before the release out of all quarterbacks, and it's because Kevin Stefanski does. <laughs> a good job and the offensive line is pretty good at doing a good job make sure that baker has that pocket they 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 roll him out in in play action they utilize play action which automatically is gives you a little bit more time as a quarterback play action is also just a legal cheat code in the national football league um and if you sell it really well it can work so stefanski's good and all in all now this may be of uh an a, 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 a example of you know, the score not really telling the story, but all in all, they only gave up 20 points, which, you know, with missing Bradbury like and like and Darnay Holmes. Like, I, I think Dak doesn't didn't get talked about enough because Bradbury, but missing Darnay Holmes is a big deal, too. 
You know, now you got yes. guys playing out of position. Whereas, you know, with, with at least with Holmes out, it's like, okay, Bradbury plays, then you put McKinney there. But both of them out, I mean, that puts them in a, in a bad situation. In the running game, they did well. I mean, Chubb and Hunt combined for 22 carries, 72 yards, which is 3.27 yards per carry. The best running team in the NFL. I'll take that every time. Um, Dexter Lawrence was making plays. I mean, he had six tackles, a tackle for loss. He had a sack, which was the only QB hit um, of the game. So, I, like, Baker's stats look great, but at the end of the day, they only put up 20 points. Like, they only put up 20 points with our all-pro cornerback out and our nickel corner who we've we've been really proud of this year yeah um and one of the touchdowns was freaking Devonte downs why do we do this i don't i that's my one criticism of, of patrick graham is why are we why does this guy get a chance i don't i just don't get it he never does anything good never i, I don't ask my one criticism of patrick graham that was one of the first breakdowns in coverage that we have really seen all year. How often did we hear last year in James Betcher's system? Every play. Oh, just, just, that was a breakdown in coverage. You know, player execution. That was a breakdown in coverage. Player execution. Where this year, I don't feel like there have been any kind of break, like just absolute breakdowns in coverage where a guy is just wide open, total wide receiver separation, target separation. Um, the thing about today that stunk is... The Browns did have a decent amount of explosive plays, plays that went for 10-plus yards, 15-plus yards through the air. Um, I think they only – and this is from Research Rick. Uh, Research Rick kind of dug this up in the middle of the game. one point, they had 10, 10 explosive plays, pass plays, three explosive run plays. But the Browns before this game were the number one team in the National Football League in their rushing offense of producing r- of runs of 10-plus yards. Giants' run defense did a great job. Yeah. Now, And th- that, that was their identity – and again, you know, we're talking about a game where you feel the defense did what they had to do to keep to keep the team in a game long enough, but they weren't perfect. So what is your offense going to do? And it sucks. It sucks that you don't have Jones. You know, it sucks that you don't have your primary play caller, even though Kitchens might have called a better game. It just sucks. You know, it, it sucks that we have not been able to complement what Patrick Graham has done this year. I'm not, with Bradbury out. I, I'm very like I'm not mad at this defense. There's some like you said the down situation, but when I say ed, like they need an edge rusher, Justin, it's not like oh this defense is horrible. If they need an edge rusher. It's more of me being like if they have someone who can get there somewhat consistently, it's an elite, maybe best defense in the NFL. Just one guy, one guy. I really think is, and that's why I'm big on. You know what? Do what you got to do to keep this defense intact. Whether it's keeping Ryan, keeping Leo, keeping down, keep this defense intact. See if you can get some kind of help on the edge, whether it's in the draft or whatnot. And I well, think that's it- that's also why right now I'm on the boat of drafting an edge rusher because you're going to be putting so much money into the defense with extending guys. Yeah. So that's why I'm on the boat of drafting edge rusher. Obviously, not knowing where we're picking, who's available, what's what, but I'm on the boat of drafting that edge rusher, having a guy that you can develop. You know, so hopefully you can extend these guys. Logan Ryan could be here for a few years. Leonard Williams could be here for a few years. Blake Martinez has a few more years. Uh, James Bradbury has a few more years. Develop that edge rusher, and then you have a core group that can be together versus signing a guy that's even more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it. I, I don't want to get into my draft. I, I go back and forth with wide receivers, but I agree. Like an edge, an edge makes it elite. Where this defense has has been good, and and. You know, I do think we Patrick Graham deserves all the credit in the world, but there's guys on this defense, you know? Like, it's not like he's working with the worst. Like, 
Logan Ryan's a dude. Jabril Peppers is a dude. Blake Martinez is a dude. James Bradbury. Dexter Lawrence. Leonard. Dexter, Dexter Lawrence. Lawrence had a really Dalvin. Good game. And Isaac uh, Yudem's been better. I'll give that one to Patrick Graham. But, like, this defense has players, okay? Like, it's not like he's working with with nothing. He's, he's got players, and he's making the mess out of them. Like, I don't think James Betcher gets anywhere near these this type of uh, production because, you know, Betcher no. was – he was totally reliant on being able to get to the quarterback um, and having guys who can play man corner, which this is not what this team is. So, Patrick Grant and Zam, there's a ton of credit. But this defense has guys, okay? Like, I don't want to pretend this defense is barren. Okay, the only place is barren is outside linebacker because they literally lost their stop, their their top four guys at that position, and even the guys that are replacing were like, "Man, these are some good young players." Like, like it's not a barren defense, you know? Yeah, and sometimes Bobby, you know this this is the whole this is my whole point that I had about why you need to execute on fourth down and why or and also why you need to be aggressive on fourth down. Sometimes you're gonna come across an offense. That is just moving the ball at will. Maybe they're not scoring at will, but they're moving the ball at will. And I thought that stat that that Sunday Night Football, the broadcast put out, which I loved it, by the way. It wasn't just, oh, raw points allowed. It wasn't just yards allowed. And one of those volume stats, because I'm not a fan of just volume stats. But they put out that the Giants defense is number one in the National Football League in points per drive. That's a stat that showcases how well the Giants defense is doing. Because you can have a terrible offense that puts you in terrible situations, drive in and drive out because, you know, uh, because they are constantly giving you the ball back and the defense is spending a lot of time on the field. So that would be, oh, you are, you're holding the Giants accountable for being maybe an average or a bad defense because of the raw amount of points that they allow. But a points per drive basis is more reflective of how a defense can hold up as a group. I did not know they were number one in the National Football League. I know they were good. I know they were top. I know they were kind of top tier, but number one in the National Football League in points per drive. But it still goes to the point that the Browns, Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, they were balling today. <laughs> they were balling, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be tough to stop an offense like that. And that's why you kind of needed to be aggressive and execute on those fourth downs. Not to totally go back to that, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you said, you know the the red zone stuff is great. And when I say like an edge rusher, like I think an edge rusher takes points off the board today for the Browns. You know, yeah. Um, which is which is nice. And Blake Martinez, uh, can we talk? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna. I, I was gonna. Oh, I just banged into my desk. Bang, I bang. D, uh, we we should end the episode with this. I'm not that we're gonna end it right now, but I DM'd you something where Joe Judge has a, like a 40-second clip of a reaction where he said, I'm not afraid to call things aggressively. And I kind of want to hear what he has to say, and I kind of want to react to it live on the air because I think I'm going to laugh at it because he's been largely conservative throughout the entire year. So I think now Joe Judge is, is doing the whole um, big D on the table, throwing the D on the table, be like, look at me, I'm aggressive. You can't freaking touch me. Yeah, field goals weren't going to win this game. So, look, I'm not afraid to call things aggressively. I'm not afraid if I think we have a good scheme and a kicking game to call a fake. I'm not afraid to run the ball fourth and one. And we'll play to our defense at times. If we don't get that, we've got to go out there and stand up defense. Our defense has done that consistently throughout the year. We're going to play the strengths of our team. But, look, I'm not afraid to call it aggressively. We went into this game with that mindset. So, we've got to do a better job making sure we coach it the right way, execute it the right way, and come out with the results we want. But that being said, 
we're going to call this thing aggressively and we're going to play it aggressively. And when you make calls like that, you let your players understand that you have confidence in them and that they can play the game aggressively. So we have confidence in our players. I want them to go out and play aggressively. I can't tell them all week that they have to go into this game with an aggressive mindset and then hold them back at some point where we feel we have a chance to make a play. I don't hate any of that. No, I mean, I don't hate it, but he also did hold his players back in the second half. Uh, I wish he had that mindset throughout the entire season, and that sounds exactly what I what I have been saying on Twitter and what I have been saying on this podcast, where it's not the decision to be aggressive, it's the fact that they did not execute, and he talked about that um, in his answer. So that's a uh, glad I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad he I'm glad he kind of said that. I just wish he had that mentality all year because frankly, there were decisions that were made in the Rams game, there were decisions that were made in the Bears game, and those games were one possession games. Um, have the trust in your players beforehand. Also, oh, oh no, this is the one thing. This is the one thing. And Joe Judge has made reference to this in post-game press conferences before. It's actually, it's, tr- it's trusting your defense is kicking the field goal, Bobby. You know how Joe Judge says, "Oh, you know, we, we, we." Do you understand where I'm going with this? By the way, I'm, I'm not saying it correctly, but Joe Judge has said before. We want to trust our defense by going for it or by kicking a field goal. But it's actually when you are going for it in the red zone that you're helping your defense. Because instead of a drive starting on the 30 or the 35-yard line or the 25, you know, 25-30-yard line on average is where NFL is where NFL teams start on a kickoff. You're instead asking an offense to go 95 yards versus 75 yards. So that's helping your defense. Trusting your defense is kicking the field goal and being conservative. Yeah, I guess it depends on where you are, like the like the forty four yard line. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I get what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, Blake Martinez, dude, he's real deal. Like some of the stuff he does is not just like oh, see guy, get guy. Like he, there are some plays, man, where I was like, oh my god, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen the Giants linebacker do this before. Like in my like, and I'm talking even Antonio Pierce, like some real like really awesome stuff where it's just like yeah. he knows when to go, he knows when to play under, he knows when, like he is real deal man, and I think he must love playing behind these defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. I think at Green Bay they screwed him, and I you know I've said this line, I've talked about this a million times. I went and watched the San Francisco game because they ran all over the Packers, and because I want to see like okay, what is this guy like? And I was so pissed off at the Packers because, like, you guys, are you guys kidding me? You got these, these, you know, guys that aren't that big on the edge, and then you've got a safety with you. You got a safety next to you against a team that's running two tight ends and a fullback, and you got a sit. You have Adrian Amos playing next to him. It's like, okay, like he's he's screwed. He's screwed. So, um, I some of the stuff he does, man, is just real deal. I I, I love the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm eating crow. I'm eating crow. I'm not, I'm not liking this. The not, not liking the signing. A lot, a lot of people are. And I was kind of one. I wasn't like anti Blake, but I was like, hey, we just shouldn't draft it. We shouldn't sign an inside linebacker. And I was totally yeah. wrong. You know, it's more about position than anything. Um, yeah. And I was, you know, I wasn't huge on Blake. Uh, can we finish on this? Do you have anything else you want to hit on? No, Dexter Lawrence had a good game. I know I kind of put that in while you were talking, but. Dexter Lawrence had a really good game. game. He got a sack. Good for him. Uh, Made some nice plays in the run game. Kind of chasing down running backs, chasing down Chubb. 
um, outside zone too. That's one of the things that I was kind of I was concerned about the uh, Giants playing a team that was an outside zone outside zone scheme when you're prioritizing big interior defensive linemen. You said not to worry about it, but when you have the big guys and when you don't have a lot of athletes like edge rushers or linebackers that can go sideline to sideline. How are those guys going to keep up with the outside zone? And they did a great job. Dexter Lawrence actually made today like the eye-popping plays that you can just see on the broadcast and you don't have to dig up in the all-22. Yeah, for sure. Um, Here's what I'll say. We were down and out in this game. I mean, you know, we're missing our QB, missing our best player in James Bradbury. Washington's playing Dwayne Haskins. We are always going to have to beat Dallas anyways. I don't think we're out of it. Is that crazy? Like, I know this is this is very, like, small. This is micro-thinking. We're not thinking about big picture. We're not out of it. We're not. Like, the Ravens are not unbeatable. You know, this like, the Browns were we the Browns were beatable. The Ravens are beatable. And we were always going to have to beat the Cowboys anyways. All we have to do is tie with Washington. All we have to do is tie. Yeah. There is a, they, Carolina is a game they probably should win, but it's not a game that they... Will win, and then they play Philly, who's looked a lot better with Jalen Hurts. One more win could do this. One more win could do this. Yeah, even Carolina played Green Bay kind of close uh, on Saturday, and the Eagles certainly have looked better with Jalen Hurts, and as long as Alex Smith is not in a quarterback, you, you, you got to feel good. Alex Smith did practice last week, so that's why it makes me think that he will be playing, but y- you never know. The The Giants are unfortunately at a point where it is out of their control. Yeah. And I, and I do think, and I, I do think the Ravens are a better team than the Browns. Me but, too. I do too, but they're not like, I'm also doubtful about Jones. I'm doubtful about Jones playing? too. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had him out there play, working out this week, which was kind of crazy. Even if he does play it, you know, I don't feel great about, the same quarterback that Daniel Jones was in the first half of Arizona. I don't feel great about that Daniel Jones going out there and playing. I, I feel better about that Daniel Jones than Colt McCoy. With but this still, game plan, I do. Uh, well, with even a Wink Martindale-led defense that they're going to blitz the crap off out of blitzing. Us. Oh, it's going to be so bad. That's the thing. Well, we got to hit I back I, shoulders. I, back shoulders and yeah, go but, balls. They're going to be there all game long. They're going to blitz the crap out of us. Run some double moves on Marcus Peters. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I would want Jones out there. Yeah, they are going to blitz the crap out of us. Whew. That might be a rough game. All right, but we'll talk about that on the preview episode. We'll save that for the preview episode, okay? We'll get we'll pop in some film. I was going to go camping later in this week because it's a holiday. I'm not going because you want to know why? Want to know why? Because the, the, the people I was going to go with, they got freaking COVID. Pissing me off. Okay, I haven't done anything in the past seven months. I was like, you know what? I don't celebrate Christmas. It'd be a good time to go and camp. And they got COVID because of some guy at work. Freaking pissing me off. Not fun. Not good. Not happy. We got a prank call for the Patreon. So Patreon listeners, stick around for that. Um. All right. Let's end this episode. You you good? You good? I'm I'm good. I don't feel horrible. Can I say something? And this is going to be really offensive. Sure. A lot of people are drunk, okay, on Sundays. That's not offensive. <laughs> and I just, that's why, like, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Like, maybe I'm just, I'll talk to you on Monday. You know? <laughs> and it's some of our, our friends. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? 
even content creators like content this was this was a very intoxicated night on giants so that's why it really was like i thought it was so funny someone like i was i was basically i was like man an edge rusher would really do this defense well and someone was like yeah and a quarterback and i was like dude he's not he's not playing like what like we're in the middle of a game right now like what um so all right let's end the episode we appreciate you guys losing sucks man it really does but wait can i have one more thing let's get it offend somebody please no 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 come on thank you all um we are officially at least at least for one day we are officially the highest rated and most rated giants podcast in the world so thank you very much it's kind of kind of awesome kind of sweet that you know uh we uh bobby and i you know we've been the co-host for a year you know bobby and danny crushed it in in 2019 and you know we're we're still one of the newer podcasts we are and uh we we, we're the newest we we overtook we overtook that number one spot for at least one day so it's kind of a kind of a cool thing kind of a cool personal thing so thank you all thanks for coming along with the ride even though a lot of it's been losing so (laughs) look at every giants podcast has has over 100 ratings see which one is the newest by year i am very proud of our listeners good stuff and look and look one of our listeners taking accountability mr chicken raising his hand i was drunk um so (laughs) <laughs> appreciate you guys mr chicken had a really good tweet mr chicken had a really good tweet tonight and snacks shared it with us where mr chicken said you know this uh at least production wise now i think we kind of we we kind of talked about why mr chicken might have been wrong this episode but he did say you know this this offense didn't really look much different under colt mccoy with daniel jones and at, and at the time i was like you know that's a good tweet it's a good thought, justin I, I and, so, and people i was not expecting to change my view on this offense i was like you know jason garrett's still involved i was like i expect him to be a little more aggressive i couldn't believe how different it looked i really couldn't believe how yeah. the different kitchens was and that is the encouraging for me how different freddie kitchens was from jason garrett idea it's good. It's a good topic for a YouTube video this week. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll see. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna break down the film. We're gonna do all that stuff. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. We appreciate you. Or we'll see you Tuesday night. Patreon people. We'll see you then. Um, we'll have videos and all that stuff. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Seriously, we're talking about being, you know, the, the ratings. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>